fairy tales, children's stories about magical and imaginary beings and lands, often the first lens we give young minds to view the world they live in. Many assume these are fictional stories to be taken lightly, but what if there is more to them? This is a podcast where we'll tell you some myths and tales that you thought you knew, and we'll show you how they are connected to real-life crimes today. This is Scary Tales, where the stories of your childhood meet real-life horror. We'll discuss how the light and happy tales of youth actually have a darker history to them. We'll also discuss true crime today and some of the eerie connections they have to the myths and legends of yesterday. Tune in for a new tale every other Tuesday. You can find us on Spotify, Apple, and anywhere you stream your podcast. Hey. Hi. Thanks for listening. Week three. Week three. Scary tales. Hey, happy Halloween. That sounds so good to my ears your and my favorite, heart. Your favorite holiday. It sure is. It's right around the corner. I'm so excited. 2020 hasn't given us a lot. But it's given us Halloween on a Saturday. So excited. And for that, we are thankful. So this week, we are going to be covering the history of Halloween. Yeah, our plan, we've been doing an episode every other week, mm-hmm. but... We're going to bring you special bonus episodes each month. So this month, you get a History of Halloween episode. Mm-hmm. Next month, I don't know, we might have a special. The History of Thanksgiving. The History of Thanksgiving. We'll see if we can find a way to make that spooky. Uh-huh. I'm sure we can. Um, yeah, so we, we just might be doing some extra little special episodes here and there. Halloween being the best bonus episode, though. Mm-hmm. And with that, we are going to talk about Probably the most infamous Halloween murder of all time. True crime, part two. Stick around. Yep. So we'll give you the history first. We'll give. We'll have a snack break in the middle. Of course. And then the true crime part. Yep. Are you ready? I'm ready. Why don't you tell me about Halloween? Let me tell you. So we don't really have a fairy tale to start off with this week. However, we are... It still falls under, like, Celtic folklore, if mm-hmm. you will. So this does start over in, across across the pond. Across the pond. So this, this dates back to ancient Celtic festivals of, why, why am I always the one pronouncing it? <laughs> I've always pronounced it Sam, Samhain, <laughs> but Sam- it's Sowen. It's spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N. So I, just, I love Samhain. It makes sense that you and read I'll, the word the way the letters go. Right. But this is a different Yeah, I country. get it. But I also like how you say I've always pronounced it this way because you love like Halloween so mm-hmm. much. It's like, you already know this. Yeah, I've seen this word a lot. And it's always been Samhain in my brain. Well, it's, so it's actually Sowen. And it translates into summer's end, which makes sense. Okay, it's the end of summer. Mm-hmm. We're transitioning into fall, into the harvest season. The best time of the year. Which is, yeah, that's my favorite season. And so th- there's a lot of going to be a lot of harvest themes here that start off kind of harvesty, and then they Bring get it. a little ritualistic, and now it's just a Hallmark holiday. Mm-hmm. So the Celts are, yeah, the Celts lived mostly in an area that is now Ireland, UK top part of france you love you love ireland i do i've been twice i want to move there hannah tags me every day and um what's the name you want to do a shout out on that instagram account it's called cheap it's either cheap old houses or cheap dream houses. it's definitely not cheap cheap old houses or cheap dream dream, houses there's two so Uh i call it two accounts 
But every time I find one that's in Ireland, I just tag Lacey in it. And so, you know, if this podcast podcast gets big enough, we're going to, and we start making Invite money. us over there, please. We're, or we're just going to, or, you know, we make enough money, we're going to buy one of these oh, little dream right. homes. And yeah. then we're going to be recording our podcast in like a, a dope cottage in Ireland. The dream. That's our dream. Mm-hmm. Um, so it starts, starts over there in that area. And they celebrated their new year on November 1st. So okay. we are January 1st calendar year. They mm-hmm. start, they, they reset on November 1st. So this marked the end of summer, beginning of harvest, which also started a darker, colder time of year that was associated with death, most likely because it was harder to keep crops alive. If we can't keep crops alive, it's harder to keep people alive. Yeah. Also, seasonal depression is a nice, not a nice lady. Yeah, it is not a nice word. Mm-hmm. So they are anticipating a harder season of life. They believe that on October 31st, that this date was the boundary between kind of two worlds where everybody who died that year, that their souls would cross over and that this would be the, the time where um, ghosts or souls would revisit earth. I wouldn't mind that. I got a couple people. Yeah. So, so there was some positive stuff to it. Um, people would set bonfires on top of hills to frighten away evil spirits. So, yes, there's like some positive spirits that people might want to revisit, mm-hmm. but there are also a lot of spirits that they didn't want to revisit. Right. So bonfires were often lit to ward away evil spirits. And this is also sometimes people would wear costumes and disguise themselves so that those spirits wouldn't recognize them. So costumes. Right. So mm-hmm. that's where our costumes come from. So okay. somebody died this year that you don't want to come back and visit you, a.k.a. haunt you. You would wear a disguise so they couldn't find you. Makes sense. So I guess, you know, it just depends on how you lived your life. People coming back to haunt you or people coming back to say, hey, and be friendly. This was also a time where a lot of, like, divination and predictions would occur, probably because they thought, or these, like, Celtic peace thought, Priests thought that souls from the underworld or from the other world knew some information and that, like, they would come communicate with the priest and the priest could give prophecies and things. Mm-hmm. They would give prophecies on marriage, health, wealth, death, things like that. Also, I think the fires, too, are some, like, religious ritualistic stuff. I love a good bonfire. I do, too. But I have now, now I'm like, the next time we make a bonfire, I'm going to think of, like, all the evil spirits that we're warding off. Yeah. But at least you're warding them off, yeah, not inviting true. them in. So this was all kind of Celtic history. Then, eventually, the Roman Empire conquers the majority of this Celtic ter- territory, and they kind of re- reinvent some of this history. I'm not surprised. I feel no, like the I Romans mean, back then just... Right. Take it over. Mm-hmm. Make it our own. Mm-hmm. So they, over the course of four hundred, over the course of the four hundred years that they ruled the Celtic lands, they kind of combined their own Day of the Dead like type festival with the, the Celtic. Mm-hmm. Uh, say it again. Samhain. So when it's so when I'm gonna AKA yeah. So when literally says Samhain. <laughs> literally, I always have the part that has the weird pronunciations. The Romans event 
go, yeah, she, Lacey's already getting ready because she knows I'm going to ask her to pronounce it. The, uh-huh. the Roman version of this was called <laughs> Feralia uh, Day. <laughs> the Feralia. Um, this was a day in October that they traditionally celebrated or commemorated the passing of the dead. Day of the dead, souls coming back. It's similar. So they just merged those two. Mm-hmm. The Romans had another holiday, though, that they added to this, which was more of the harvest harvest side of things. So you've got the dead side of things, like people side of things and the harvest side of things. There, This holiday was, called, or was to honor Pomona. I think I said that right. Yep. This was the Roman goddess of fruit and trees. So she was the one where if you wanted to have a good crop, this is the person that you would pray to or pay homage to whatever her symbol was an apple we just keep coming back to that i know it's a reoccurring thing yeah and it makes me think of our snow white episode which if you didn't listen that's the first episode we did snow Uh, white head back there so this is we think this is where the like an apple is also a very halloween symbol like Uh candied apples or the caramel apples bobbing for apples Yep, I don't know where it kind of comes in. Sometimes you have that weird neighbor that doesn't give out candy and they give out fruit. Did you ever God, have that? Don't give me a regular apple. Somebody just gives you a classic apple. No. And if it is, at least make it honey crisp. You know what I'm saying? I know. Don't give me a I hate let me this is off on a tangent. Soapbox. I don't like grimy, gritty apples. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It like falls apart in your mouth and kinda tastes like sand. Not that. I like caramel apples. Oh, give me, give me that. Yeah. Or candied apple, the or, red. Yeah. Mm. So this is where we think the apples come from because the Romans were wanting to have a good harvest. So they would, they would do something to honor the goddess of fruit and trees. Mm-hmm. So the Pope, the original All Saints Day was May 13th, which who wants to celebrate Halloween in the summer? Not in the me. Heat? They move it to, or he moved it to November 1st. Oh, because it was originally on Yeah, it May was originally 13th. on yeah. the 13th. You know, he decides good, to move good it idea. to November 1st. Good idea, Pope. Good, good move. It was believed to be, and this was a, the religious part of it, so it was believed, it's believed today that the church was attempting to replace the more pagan Celtic event with a more church event november 2nd or the date i guess november 2nd or november 1st those are the two dates i saw so november 1st is all saints day november 2nd is all souls, all day. souls day yeah and it's my birthday <gasps> hey oh i didn't i didn't know all souls day was on your birthday now you know so all saints day celebrated the saints all souls day celebrated all the souls right literally and, it, and then the day before that is Sam Hain. <laughs> Sam Hain. Sowen. Sowen, a.k.a. Um, Halloween. And the name Halloween comes from the idea that this was supposed to be a holy or hallowed day. Mm-hmm. Like sacred. Yep. And so, and then I think the Eve part is Eve, so like hallowed Eve, Halloween, mm-hmm. Halloween. I, I can see it. I like the word Halloween. Halloween. So there's so there's the meaning behind that name, and that's where, that's where it all started. I love that. Then comes across the pond, 
to good old America. To America. God bless America. This came over, obviously, when colonial New England was being founded. All those lessons about the Mayflower. Gosh. They really drive that home in America. They really You're going to learn about that. So the, the New England area was, I mean, for, for large reasons, trying to get away from some of the religion in England. Mm-hmm. Get away from some of the rigid rule. Um, but they, so they kind of brought Halloween over with them. It, it didn't it didn't stick at first like some parts celebrated it, some parts didn't mm-hmm. some of the parts that celebrated it were very relig- strict religious wise and so it wasn't the like soup super spooky yet i don't like that give me the super I know. spooky lacy likes the spooky the first celebrations were more of these play parties or public events that were harvest focused so it's like so, we we harvest that. holiday. So it was a harvest holiday. Um, there are some schools that shall not be named that only that they call Halloween Harvest Day. No, don't mess that up for me. So we can't. So we, you can't. You can't say Halloween. You mm. say Harvest Day. So this is what they did. They were super strict religion or like Protestant religion. They basically took the the spirit spirits out of it and just made it a harvest thing. AKA they took the fun out of it. <laughs> yes. But there were still some people who brought over the the stories of the dead. They would, you know, tell each other's fortunes just for fun. Mm-hmm. You know, they would dance. They would sing. They had the fun. They would dress up. But they, you know, it wasn't society as a whole that would do that. Mm-hmm. You still had just a couple of, you would have been that person back in yeah. Protestant New I'm not, England. I'm not like a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. You're a cool I'm not a mom at all, by the you, way. I just felt like just that a, quote just a pet spoke mom. to me. Mm-hmm. But you would have definitely been the one who... If society was having Harvest Day, you were dressing up, you were telling people's fortunes, Mm -hmm. all that. It really wasn't until middle of 19th century. So these these fall festivals were common. After that is when Halloween, it like transferred into Halloween. Thank you, Lord. The second half of, and the reason why is because when the Irish potato famine happened, Mm -hmm. And all those people from Ireland came over. Mm-hmm. They, they brought br- this they brought it with Celtic, them. yeah, because yeah. they weren't as I don't think they were as like strict Protestant. Yeah, as, well, the Celtics, yeah. no, yeah, yeah. So they were so they kind of brought that and like revived that over here. Thank you, See, Ireland. Ireland. Yeah. This is why you love it's Ireland. The, yeah, it's the best place. So they brought it back over, and so second half of the nineteenth century, Halloween is popular again. Ooh. Tell us, we, we also did some research on like specifics within Halloween. So we mm-hmm. looked at like trick-or-treating, costumes, jack-o'-lanterns, all that fun stuff. So trick-or-treating. Let's talk want, about trick-or-treating. Yeah, do you want to tell us? Sure. A little, just a little bit about where the can like where did the candy come in? Or, uh, or apples, remember? Let's, yeah, that's the good part. Where did the candy come in? Yeah, that's um, what Hannah wants to know. So trick-or-treating probably dates back to the All Souls Day that we were talking about. So in England, they actually had parades to celebrate All Souls Day. And during these parades, poor citizens would beg for food from the families. And the families would give them pastries called soul cakes. And in return, um, the poor people would promise to pray for the family's dead relative. I like soul cakes. I do too. Let's open a restaurant. Hey. Oh, I like soul cakes. Or when a, when a kid comes to the door and says trick or treat, I'm gonna say, "Don't know what you're asking for, but here's, here's a soul, a soul cake. cake." Also, I would love if I went trick or treating and they gave me a 
pastry. Oh, yes. Like a, well, a well-baked pastry. Mm-hmm. But also, from what we talk about later in the episode, I wouldn't want to take anything that's, like, homemade. Okay, true. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. Smart. This, this year is not the year to... Don't, yeah, you're going to have bad luck. To bake or make homemade things. Mm-mm. Pre-wrapped, individually packaged things. Mm-hmm. All right, so the distribution of this, these soul cakes was encouraged by the church to replace the ancient practice that was leaving food and wine for roaming spirits. Oh, I forgot about that. I mm-hmm. feel like I feel like I've learned that somewhere in school. That I think that's also leave. a Day of the Dead thing. Yeah, would leave in Mexico, and that comes up in other holidays, mm-hmm. like, like leave, leaving things, cookies and milk for Santa. for Santa. Yeah, this practice was referred to as going a souling. Or going a souling. Just going a souling. Mm -hmm. This was eventually taken up by the children who would visit the houses and they would be given ale, food, and money. Who's giving some children the ale? (laughs) But the money. Oh, and money. Yeah. Why am I not (laughs) getting money? I'm hung up on giving kids alcohol and Mm -hmm. you're like, money. Give me money. Uh, Trick-or-treating did not start over here in these parts, the U.S., until after World War II. So America, we borrowed from the European traditions, as we do. As we do. And we began to dress up in costumes and go house to house asking for food or money. And this eventually was known as trick-or-treating. I've never... I've never... Asked for money. I've never known. I guess that was like right when it started. And I hardly... I I just do not picture people giving out a lot of money. Right. Who? How? Yeah. Like a penny? Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> and what's that Also, worth? isn't there a national coin shortage this year, too? Just like 2020. How? No I one uses coins. I see it everywhere. Oh. I see it everywhere. People are like, please play with a card. We're on a national coin shortage. Oh, I thought that was because they don't want to handle money because oh. of the corona. Well, it's probably both because 2020 is just yeah bad. Mm-hmm. Young women at this time believe that they could conjure the name of their future husband or the appearance of their future husband by doing tricks with yarn, apples, or mirrors. These apple apples keep going up. Um, and mirrors from Snow White. We talked uh-huh. about mirrors in Snow White. So that's kind of where tricks came in. Which I guess maybe kind of relates to the prophecies we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Like they because they thought spirits were coming back, they could like tell you prophecies about things. Yep. Um, this some of the marriage prophecies uh, they would have a young woman peel an apple into a continuous strip and then throw it over her shoulder and the apple would supposedly land in the shape of the first letter of the future's husband's name okay I want to test this yes we need to do this and see if it also how is like a continuous apple peel gonna come out in z form it's not whose name starts they're all gonna be like oh yeah Zachary Zacchaeus we've got a good chance Zane. You know, your man's name is starts with a C, mm-hmm. mine with a D. I feel like an apple peeling could land in the shape of one of those. Well, let's try it out. We'll test it out. We'll post our, our results <laughs> we'll let to, you know. to our Instagram page. Mm-hmm. Um, bobbing for apples. Where did that come from? Tell me. People would dunk their heads in a vat of water and try to bite into a floating apple. Um, they did this to try and figure out their future spouse. So ladies would mark an apple and toss it into the tub. And the thinking was that they'd be destined uh, to marry whoever pulled it out of the water. So, like, you, like, I throw an apple in, mm-hmm. you throw an apple in, and yeah. then whoever gets it, like, that's who we're. Mm-hmm. That, 
that I could see more because at least then like y'all are meeting meeting each other like a yeah. random a random Not letter. Random. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. We're gonna we're gonna do all this for Halloween. Yes, we we got a lot of we're, yes. We're gonna this Halloween's gonna be great. Our Halloween party this year is gonna be probably us and our six friends. Mm-hmm. We'll live stream it. <laughs> and I'm just kidding. That will not happen. It'll be fun. It'll still be fun though. Mm-hmm. Um, in the mid 1800s, there was a move in America that made Halloween more of a community-based holiday. So people started throwing parties, get-togethers, that kind of thing. And then by the 1920s and the 1930s, Halloween had become a secular, not a secular, excuse, excuse me, but a community-centered holiday with parades and town-wide Halloween parties. Where is, there's no Halloween parades around here, and if there are, I'm missing out. My neighborhood used to have a Halloween parade. Like, the fire truck would come drive through the neighborhood, and all the, and all the kids would line up behind it. I only get Santa on the fire truck at Christmas. And we, in our neighborhood, had that, but I don't know if our neighborhood does that anymore. Like, when I was growing up, I think our neighborhood was much younger. Like, there were a ton of kids my age, and so mm-hmm. they did that. But I don't know if they still do that because I think most of the kids are They should. Grown. We can start it. Okay. We'll just dress up and start walking It'll around the neighborhood and see if more people will mm-hmm. join us. Also, I do think, you know, th- with the word secular, it is a – started off as a sacred type thing, and it is it, – it, at this point, yes, it is secular. Mm-hmm. It's, it's a Hallmark holiday. Yeah. I'm fine with it. So – that's the transition. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talked a little bit about costumes that it started off as this Celtic, Celtic tradition that because winter was just an uncertain time and was kind of a scary time, also because like people were more afraid of the dark and it just summer was gone, that they would dress up as... I don't, I don't know what they dressed up. I don't know if there's like a common thing. Oh, I think that they dressed up like had animal heads and stuff they would put oh, on their heads. Mm-hmm. Which is still very, I mean, harvest, I guess harvest. Themed. Themed. Also terrifying. Just which, walking around with like a horse head. Yes. But mm-hmm. so they, so you kind of have some of these harvest costumes, but then you also had the costumes where they were trying to ward off spirit or like disguise themselves so that spirits wouldn't recognize them. Mm-hmm. But also, I mean, not unlike today where you have people who dress up as just to for a night be someone totally different that's what i do because the reason i love halloween is because you can be anybody you want to be yeah and last year we were slugs (laughs) i didn't think about that (laughs) you can be anything you want let's be a slug let's be and yes no that was fun another tradition we looked at in terms of halloween were jack-o'-lanterns which jack-o'-lanterns (laughs) jack-o'-lanterns which i'll share a funny little story about me as a child with jack-o'-lanterns but where they today they are these intricately designed artistic things people have jack-o'-lantern carving con pumpkin carving contests and mm-hmm. things like that but back then so there's a legend in ireland that had a much darker mean arab a darker history behind it darker story behind it so the legend goes that one night a local town drunk which keep his you know story in mind that he's mm-hmm. a drunk claims that he trapped the devil in a tree by uh chopping like crosses into the bark because you know de- say the devil's scared of yeah say right. scared of he mm-hmm. he can't come down because yep. there's crosses, crosses in the bark so in exchange for letting satan climb down jack had him vow that he would never claim his soul so 
I, I scratch, you shouldn't make deals with the devil. Making deals with the devil. I scratch your back, you scratch mm-hmm. mine. Jack thought that meant he got like a free pass for just acting like a jerk for the rest of his life because devil can't take his soul. Mm-hmm. When he died, he thought he was fine, but obviously he didn't go to heaven because he wasn't a good boy. Mm-hmm. And he went back to the devil to try to figure out what's going on. Like you said, you can't take my soul. But Satan upheld his end of the deal and hurled a piece of coal at him from hell. That's a long way. (laughs) Just got an arm on him. He's got an arm. Sign him up for the devil's devil's baseball team. Sports facts. Sports facts. So he threw this large piece of coal at the dead man. And now Jack doesn't have anywhere to go. Like Satan's like, I'm going to hold the dark. Yeah, he's like, I'm going to uphold my end of the deal. I'm not taking you to hell, but... I didn't say anything about mm-hmm. heaven taking you. So now he's just this spirit that's just wandering the place. He's wandering Middle Earth, mm-hmm. if you will. So Jack placed this this piece of coal, this burning piece of coal, in a turnip. Mm-hmm. So we turnips is where this started, not not, not with pumpkins. pumpkins yet. Also, that's got to be a big turnip. Let's stick ours in a pumpkin. I mean, yeah, we're a turnip. <laughs> Let's just put a turnip out on the front porch and see what happens. So he apparently put this blazing piece of coal from the devil in a turnip and used that as a lantern to wander the earth. Mm-hmm. So jack-o'-lantern. So that's where jack that's where the name Jack comes from in mm-hmm. our jack-o'-lanterns. That's fun. Nowadays we, you know, and I think too have been like later, probably in England and America, it was like a it was a warding off spirits thing. Yeah. So you would have a spooky thing to ward off the spirits. And mm-hmm. then it became a fun and playful thing. Although my first Jacqueline experience was terrifying. Was it? I have a video of me, like we were carving the pumpkin and it was so fun and I'm so excited and you can hear me go, you know, turn the lights off, turn the lights off, turn the lights off. And then in the video you see everything go black and you just see the scary face. Not, mm-hmm. not It's not scary, it's just the traditional Jacqueline mm-hmm. face. And then you hear me go, turn it on, turn it on, turn it on. So I, <laughs> I was terrified. I bet you were. So... You're a scary cat. I am a scaredy cat. A little cat. bit of a scaredy cat. 100%. And that is where jack-o'-lanterns come from. But Lacey looked up all sorts. Well, for I don't know if she actually looked these up or if she just knows these off the top of I her head. I did look them she up. She has... I have some fun Halloween facts you, for you guys. You need some Halloween facts. Lacey's got them for you. Here we go. So, according to the National Retail Re- Retail <laughs> Retail Federation, uh, Halloween spending in the U.S. is projected to reach $8.8 billion. Or no, I'm sorry. This was a 2019 fact. So it did reach $8.8 billion in 2019. So people spending all sorts of money on candy. And, and costumes. And, yeah, and decorations. Decorations, costumes, candy. We, we care a lot about Halloween. And I remember reading articles about how much money people spent on pet costumes too. Because mm-hmm. that's a thing now. Uh, I wish they would wear. I wish mine would wear a costume. They're not going to. I, I buy them hats. They get torn up my parents um bought elvis a costume one year that was a poop factory oh little costume so he would he would run around and it was like i'm a poop factory so cute It it was pretty funny um halloween 2020 i love this fact like i said earlier it's gonna have a full moon let's go get out your binoculars be in your costume it's gonna be a time it's gonna be good um, did you know that Skittles are the top Halloween candy? No, but that makes sense. Skittles are good. They got Skittles all the different flavors. 
and chocolate can melt if it's super hot that's true skittles also can melt but not as not as much mm-hmm. and everybody's always like trying to avoid anything with peanuts or gluten and stuff mm-hmm. so i feel like skittles are a safe bet yep um you ever watched hocus pocus yes i have it's a great movie leonardo dicaprio actually played max Dennison in hocus pocus but he turned it down to appear in what's eating gilbert great which oh, it, so he was supposed to play uh-huh max Dennison? but he wanted to act alongside johnny depp which uh nobody can blame him I for that blame me for that uh lastly did you know that illinois 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 okay produces up to five times more pumpkins than any other state what where are the turnips though <laughs> i don't know we we turned we turned we've changed to pumpkins we, we, so we moved from turnips to pumpkins, mm-hmm. and you can get your pumpkins in Illinois. There you go. Fun facts of Halloween. And speaking of candy, mm-hmm. we don't have Skittles for our snack break, but we are going to test out some new candy that's in, on the shelves right now. In just a second. Just give us a... we got to take a break. We're going to take snack a break. break. Snack break's up next. All right. This is honestly probably my, my favorite part. Okay, good. So this snack break, we have two new candies we've never tried. I have Laffy Taffy Laugh Bites. Laugh Bites. <laughs> and I have Crunchy Mint M&M's. All right. And the package says it's a winning flavor. It probably is. So you know it's got to be good. Mm-hmm. ASMR. Oh, I can already smell. Mine, I can already smell the mint of mine. Mine has a lot of different flavors, so let's try blue. Mmm. Is your, your? It just tastes like a straight up laffy taffy. It's just a little. It's just a smaller laffy taffy, mm-hmm. basically. Yep. That's I thought good. I thought it said there's something in the middle. I probably wouldn't buy it again, but it's Look good. on the back? What does the back say the blue is? Blueberry. Blue raspberry. Blue raspberry. I give it a six out of ten. Oh, I like these. I've got the mint. Here, you want some? Mm-hmm. Hannah's trying the mint M&M's. Oh. They're good. They're they're not, um, the, the, in the middle, the consistency different. It's not just chocolate all the way through. You know what I'm saying? Oh. What is that? It's kind of airier. Yeah, it's like a, um. Oh, that's good. It just what tastes. What is that? It's not. It's a, like crispy, like yeah, a crisp. It's not, it's not chocolate all the way through, mm-hmm. which I guess it does say crunchy. It just so tastes like, like a that. York peppermint patty. But like a crunchier version Mm -hmm. of one. Yeah, that's good. We did good. So, do you you like the Laffy Taffy or the MMs there? There's two different chocolate and then sweet. And we did that on purpose. Mm -hmm. What would you rate those? Eight out of 10. Really? Yeah. What what would you rate them? I'd give them a six. A six? Mm -hmm. You're a tough crowd. I like a York peppermint patty. You do? Mm -hmm. I like the chewiness of it. My favorite mint snack, though, would be the Girl Scouts Thin Mints. Mm hmm. Awesome. So, if I have an option of thin Girl Scout Thin Mints or these mint M&Ms, I'm going to eat the Thin Mints. Mm-hmm. But could this potentially tide me over throughout the year? Because you, you can't get the Thin Mints all the time. This would be like a decent substitute for that. Mm. Okay. I see that. If that makes sense. That's our snack break for today. Thanks for snacking with us. Thanks for snacking. <laughs>
And we're back. Part two of our History of Halloween episode. The true crime. The true crime The nitty gritty. So now that we've tried some candy for our snack break. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about Halloween. It's a nice segue. It in, is. Into today's true crime yes, story. Yes, Halloween candy plays a vital role. Mm-hmm. Today, we're going to be talking about Ronald Clark O'Brien. This case is really popular. You might have heard of him. Would you say that? But I haven't. Okay. I didn't. I had not well, heard of sit him back, Sit back and relax. Our episode research. He is also known as the Candyman or the man who killed Halloween. Which, you and, love Halloween. So any man who kills Halloween is not a friend of Lacey's. Not a man of mine. Not a, not, Tell, a, not a friend of mine. Not a friend of yours. Mm-hmm. Tell us about old Ronald. Old Ronald was born on October 19th, 1944. So, October. This yep. whole story just fits right in with the Halloween theme. Everything You're welcome. <laughs> he lived with his wife, Daneen. We think that's how you say that name. D-A-Y-D-A-Y-N-E-N-E. Which, does that sound good? Uh, yeah, it sounds very southern. Daneen. Daneen. They are from Texas. They they live in Deer Park, Texas, which you've been in Texas. in Texas. Yeah, I've heard of Deer Park. You have? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. They had two children, Timothy, who was eight, and Elizabeth, who was five. O'Brien worked as an optician at the Texas State Optical in Sharpstown, Houston. Did, did you go there? Did you get your eyes checked out by this guy? No, no. I'm <laughs> glad I didn't because he's probably not going to be a very good guy if he's, he's showing not. up in part two of our episode. He's not. He he sounds like he's a good guy at first. He was a deacon for the Second Baptist Church, and he actually sung in the choir. But a lot of them have a, a sweet start, mm-hmm. and then something bad That's happens. That's how they reel you in. Yeah. Sweet and, on the outside, and then, salty on the inside. Yep, something something bad else is going to happen. He was also in charge of the local bus program. So just a nice guy. Yep. Giving people rides, so singing to the... Um, singing in the choir. Mm-hmm. So this, this story starts on Halloween night in 1974. So before we were born. So you, you don't worry. You probably never saw this man. He yep. probably didn't look in your eyeballs. He probably was long gone in jail mm-hmm. before before I could have experienced him. Mm-hmm. So O'Brien and another parent, uh, Jim Bates, they took Timothy and Elizabeth and two other children, Mark and Kimberly Bates. They took them trick-or-treating in Pasadena, Texas. So just a couple of dads and their kids on Halloween night. Mm-hmm. Timothy, uh, was it was really cute. He was dressed in a Planet of the Apes costume. Oh. Isn't that cute? Do we know what we're dressing up for as Halloween yet? We don't. Okay. We got to think about it. It's probably we got to make Venn diagrams. Probably not going to be Planet of the Apes, right. though. Probably not. If we run out of ideas, maybe. Put that on the back burner. Um, the O'Briens lived in Deer Park, like I said. We, we did this as children. We would go to the ritzy side mm-hmm. of town to go trick-or-treating. So that's what they did. They went to the more fashionable Pasadena neighborhood. Um, that's yeah, where... They, they have better candy. Mm-hmm. You know, they'd give you a candy bar, yeah. the whole bar, instead of just like the bite-sized stuff. Mm-hmm. You hand out drinks, cans. Yeah. This is where Jim lived. So Jim lived in Pasadena, and they were like, yo, can we go trick-or-treating in your neighborhood? On your side of town. So here they go. They're off their trick-or-treating, and O'Brien would walk the kids up to the door, and Bates would stand on the sidewalk. 
Right. No need for <laughs> no need for no, two no people. No need for two grown. Not even to go to need the door. for Honestly, one. Yeah. I would go up to the door are, by myself. The kids are five and eight. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not. And there's four of them. Right. It's not like they're by themselves. It's not like they're too young to be able to trick or treat. I mean, yeah. you can stand on the sidewalk. So weird, Robert. Uh, at one point, the group came upon a house, and nobody came to the door. So, oh, that's a bummer. They walk off, but O'Brien is like, I'm going to stay here, see if I can get somebody to come to the door, get y'all some candy. Y'all, y'all go ahead, and I'll catch up in a second. So, when he came back to the group, he had five pixie sticks, but not just your average pixie stick. Those big old... Oh, the... 20 inch those long always made, those were always exciting because they mm-hmm. were like they would stick out of your your candy bag uh-huh if you yeah. had those you were balling yeah you were ready to go just straight sugar mm-hmm. so he he reemerged with the pixie sticks jim bates later said uh that he actually never saw the door to that house open and he said that uh, o'brien came out and said you've got some rich neighbors look at what they're giving out you know holding up the pixie sticks so there's there was jim was on to something uh-huh he didn't see anybody come to the door but yeah right well this is um hindsight's always 2020 of course jim they all rendezvous back at jim bates home at the end of their trip o'brien was seen giving one of the pixie sticks to each of the children and he joked that he would have eaten the fifth one for himself which um what is the word i'm looking for foreshadowing yeah he should have. He should have just eaten that pixie stick himself. Saved himself a lot of heartache jail time. Well, and a lot of parents would eat some of their kids' candy, so. Yeah. You know, not soon, abnormal. Soon, a cluster of trick-or-treaters gathered at the Bates' home, and O'Brien is actually the one that opened the door with the candy, which, okay. Okay, Ronald. What's his name? Robert. Isn't Robert Ronald. <laughs> he came to the door and he held up the remaining fifth pixie sticks and was like who wants it to the, the trick-or-treaters and he actually recognized one of the children uh his name was whitney parker and he was 11 year old boy who was actually a member of the second baptist church which is where he goes to church which is where o'brien right, goes singing, to church singing the choir uh-huh he gives the picky pick, picky stick <laughs> gives the pixie stick to whitney parker and Whitney's really excited, ran to the next house carrying the pixie stick. Um, what he did not know is that pixie stick had enough cyanide in it to kill him and some of his friends. Oh, so that's a lot of cyanide. Mm-hmm. Which, because it is the the mega mm-hmm. pixie stick, so. Right. So those pixie sticks were laced with cyanide. There's our first problem. Who did it? What's going on? Right. Is this the man at the door that mm-hmm. the kids never saw and Jim Bates never saw? Could be, but it's not. <laughs> or is it the Candyman mm-hmm. killer? Before bed, as we all did, Timothy asked if he could eat some of his candy. And his parents said, sure, you know, it's Halloween. The, unfortunately, he wanted the pixie stick. And as soon as he ate some of the pixie stick, he complained that it was very bitter. So O'Brien gave him some Kool-Aid and was like, here, wash it down. Immediately after doing this, Timothy uh, was very sick, had stomach pains, and ran to the bathroom where he started vomiting and convulsing. So it was pretty instant. Correct. He um, supposedly died on the way to the hospital in the ambulance, so very quickly after he ate the pixie stick. They did an autopsy, and they found that Timothy had been poisoned with potassium cyanide. 
they did some investigation and saw that the you know the 20 inch long pixie stick had been open poisoned and then crudely resealed with a stapler which i remember those they had the like it was that thick plastic the small Mm -hmm. ones were paper Mm -hmm. um and the bigger ones were that thick heavy plastic and it would have the the paper like just the label on top Mm -hmm. staple it looked it already looked homemade right from the get-go so and if i mean you're a kid you don't look at that kind of stuff anyway. right right supposedly timothy had consumed enough cyanide to kill two adults and he was just a little boy so killed him quickly fortunately elizabeth his sister and the other children had not eaten the pixie sticks interesting facts the ambulance attendant taking timothy to the hospital his name was david malone and he was prepared to give timothy mouth-to-mouth resuscitation if he stopped breathing on the way to the hospital and doctors later told david that if he had done that there was enough cyanide in timothy's mouth that um, would have killed david if he were to have done mouth-to-mouth resuscitation for an adult to get killed to potentially have been killed doing mouth-to-mouth with someone who had cyanide in their body and imagine like like he had vomit on his mouth and everything and he could have potentially been poisoned by giving mouth-to-mouth think about how much timothy ingested of the pixie stick Mm -hmm. compared to that right timothy's murder uh prompted an uproar in the community um naturally yeah i would be upset too uh, numerous parents started bringing their children's Halloween candy to the police spa- station to be inspected. Right, because you don't know, it was it just the pixie sticks that were poisoned? Was right. it everything? I'm not eating, also, I'm not eating any of my candy. <laughs> right. Just, I'm not. Well, let's just go to the store and buy a brand new right, bag a, of unopened candy. Right. Also, police officers, they don't have anything better to do and just dig through a bunch of candy. Right. What, also, how do you tell if it's been poisoned? I, yeah. I guess it was crudely stapled, but. But if you were clever, the, you wouldn't be able to tell. Right. Parents, um, not only in their community, but across the nation, were just also in an uproar about the crime. And the deeply religious O'Brien, our little church buddy, he won the sympathy of the nation. And he sang a moving solo at the church, um, at the funeral of Timothy, which I wish there was video of. Well, I'm sure there's someone somewhere out there has has a video clip send it to us if you yeah do. <laughs> right o'brien was quoted as saying about timothy he was all boy he loved football basketball anything he never met a stranger but i have my peace and knowing t- tim is in heaven now so moving speech moving solo mm. sketchy just sketchy sketch sketchball so while the world might have been fooled by O'Brien and his choir robe, investigators, they were already developing some doubts about what had actually happened here. Because a lot of times you do look at family members first, mm-hmm. unfortunately. Follow the money, rule right. one. Follow right. two, look at who's close to the victim. Right. The Deer Park Police Lieutenant W.P. Bess, which that's a dope name. That is isn't. Um, he was quoted as saying, I was always looking for his emotions. He seemed too cool, calm, and collected for a parent who had just lost a child. Which, you can't always judge somebody on how they grieve. I know. Because sometimes sometimes people get in trouble for being too emotional, mm -hmm. and they seem like they're faking it. And then sometimes people get in trouble for being not emotional enough. Yeah. And they're, like, again, hindsight's always 20-20. Right. Initially, O'Brien stated that he could not remember which house he got the pixie sticks from. Which, I believe that. If you were to like dug in the 
uh, trick-or-treat bag and pulled out a piece of candy. We're like, where did you get this from? Which house? Unless it was something yeah, huge. Yeah, if it's something big enough as a pixie stick, you would think. Yeah, but what if the if the nice and neighborhood like, oh, is giving out candy, yeah. then they're all giving out really big yeah, pieces of tree. Later, he was able to come up with an address for the home that had given out the pixie sticks. Conveniently. Conveniently remembers it later. Uh-huh. It turns out that the homeowner had not even been at home at that time. Oh, so they provided an alibi for themselves? Uh-huh. Good for them. Uh, Always have an alibi. His name was actually C.E. Melvin. That was that man's name that owned that house. And the house was 4112 Dunrail. Oh, oh, you got the address. Look at you. Uh-huh. And he, like I said, he had an airtight alibi. He was working uh, as an air dispatcher at Hobby Airport Halloween night. And he had a ton of witnesses. So, Okay, so he's out. So it's not mm-hmm. him. So it was not him. So that leaves us with... Well, that leaves us with somebody who was stupid enough to take out a life insurance policy and then murder their child. There it is. Follow the money. Follow the money. O'Brien was in $100,000 worth of debt. What are you doing, (laughs) O'Brien? And he had taken out $10,000 worth of life insurance policies on the children in the months prior to their attempted murder. He continued to take out additional life insurance policies on them, and that brought the total to $60,000. Which our po- our podcast producer, Lacey's mm-hmm. husband, is an insurance. Yeah. Right. So we, we were talking to him about this because... He told me it was pretty common for people to take out life insurance policies on children. Right, but isn't there like a time frame that if you take out a policy like within a certain yeah, amount of and they time... Die. Yeah, because it's like... It has to be accidental. Right. Or otherwise. But, but they also still, like, they always investigate it. Mm-hmm. That, like, if you've taken out a policy on someone within X amount of time frame before they die of natural, you know, quote-unquote natural causes or mm-hmm. not, whatever, like, they're going to look at it. Well, he didn't think about that, you know? Uh, well, because he's an idiot. <laughs> a cold, calculating idiot. The insurance agent over these policies, his name was Robert Ballou, Jr., he said that he unsuccessfully urged O'Brien to buy more attractive policies with smaller death benefits. That These policies would have set up $25,000 worth of cash funds for each children at the age of 23. But yeah, I assume O'Brien, O'Brien didn't want to do that. Because he was like, he, oh no, I got, I got more sinister plans. I got for debt that. to pay and I don't think my kids are going to make it to age 23. <laughs> In his mind, he was like, I know they're not. So. Yeah. All this evidence mounting up, he, O'Brien was arrested on November 5th. Just a couple of days after yeah, your birthday. Not, well, that and October, you know, Halloween, to November it was 5th. That's a quick, quick turnaround. They put it together pretty quickly. Because he's an idiot. So he went on trial, maintained his innocence during the trial, um, even though they had all this overwhelming evidence. He, people came forward and said that O'Brien had shown an unusual interest in cyanide. And um, several witnesses said that, that he had asked them where he could purchase some. And how much would be needed to, for a lethal dose? <laughs> when how does that come up in casual yeah. conversation? Hey, I was you know I had the grocery store the other day, just walking down the hall, uh, you know the aisle, uh, and uh-huh. there like saw some cyanide. Like, do you know how much would kill an eight year old boy? Oh yeah, sure. Um, this and then you list off the ingredients. That right. doesn't happen. No. So on June third, nineteen seventy five, O'Brien thankfully was found guilty of murder. Four counts of attempted murder. Oh, and, that's right, because there were four, mm-hmm. four other pixies right. out there. So he uh, was found guilty of Timothy's murder and then four counts of attempted murder. 
It only took the jurors 45 minutes to find Ronald Clark O'Brien guilty and 70 minutes to sentence him to death. That's quick. Mm-hmm. He was despised on death row, as many people are that go to prison that have um, harmed children. Mm-hmm. So not living a great life in prison. His wife divorced him right after he was convicted. Not surprised there. <laughs> um, and then on March 31st, 1984 just after midnight o'brien was executed by lethal injection and he maintained his innocence till the day he died which i just i mean that's strong for you Mm -hmm. to like you've got that much evidence against you and you're just still gonna that's my story and i'm sticking down he's going down with the ship like captain goes down with the ship but yeah he he is known as the man who killed halloween because that year and probably the year after Halloween was yeah tense yeah mm-hmm. we we hope that this episode and this retelling the telling of the story hasn't scared you too much for yes. Halloween um because it's gonna it's gonna be a great Halloween like we said earlier there's gonna be a full moon it's on a Saturday it's on a Saturday now you all know all these interesting facts about Halloween you can, you can look out for them you, you can, can tell other friends people, right mm-hmm. you're welcome maybe just don't eat the pixie sticks don't eat them not if they've been stapled back together yep. in a strange way yep. or any candy look at your candy this yeah. year oh we're yeah. not there i don't think they're trick-or-treating this year because of covid so it wasn't so go to the store buy your own candy be safe right that's a great idea um you can get some of the candy that we talked about in our snack break you if can you like. and let us know if you liked it yeah let us know hop on over to uh, instagram um we'll where are we a, at we'll have a post over there we're at scary tales podcast on mm-hmm. instagram um, we'll have a post over there where you can tell us your favorite candy. Please do. My favorite candy. I like sour straws and Reese cups. I, I'm a cho- I'm a chocolate and peanut butter girl, but that doesn't really get handed out on Halloween as much because it's it melts. That's true. So, but but I'll just buy some for myself. You will. And then that's what everybody be, will be then doing. Then I can this be year. safe because I know that nobody laced it with cyanide. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the podcast for this month. November's coming up. First month of our podcast in the books. And should we keep them a secret? We, let's tell them over on Instagram. Okay. So if you head over to our Instagram account again at Scary Tales Podcast, um, we'll give you a little preview of what's going on next month. We have three episodes for you during the month of November, and we hope to see you then check us out stay tuned do all the things we miss you so much already see you next month all right bye bye bye